You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm not the one buying the donuts, so they just show up at the office, so I have to eat them. Yeah, you know what? If they're free, it doesn't count towards your calorie intake. Exactly. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. And, oh, man, I, I got to say, I absolutely love that whenever somebody on Twitter has pierogies, they automatically think of us. <laughs> Is that a compliment, or I, I don't know how to feel? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I feel hungry every time I see those tweets. I know that much. <laughs> hey, that's fair. That's fair. Eat more barbecue. Thanks for tweeting us that beautiful picture of the the fried pierogies you had going there in uh, in, in the pan. Um, the Boston Red Sox had a three hundred thousand dollar bar tab. I stumbled across this Brazilian tie. They left a one hundred ninety five thousand dollar tip. That's got to be pretty close to Brazilian ties record. Uh, yeah. If you like. Added in or took off a couple zeros, we'd be close. Um, you know, a sixty-seven percent or just under sixty-seven percent tip is is not too shabby. Not too uh, shabby. You're at- right. <laughs> as professional athletes, I would expect a little bit more. Oh, don't you wish we were good at sports, though? <laughs> what are you talking about? Slow pitch is a sport. <laughs> you lose money playing slow pitch. <laughs> no, no, we don't. We we get new we get new bunny hugs and hats every year. It seems because our team makes enough money. Wow! Yeah, I, I threw a shutout. Not a big deal. You pitched the shutout in slow pitch. Who are you facing? Uh, the same team we face every year in the last spring tournament, and they are not good. <laughs> also, I want to get to a discussion that. Uh, a heated discussion that was uh, happening mm-hmm. on Twitter where uh, <laughs> I just put out the question there. Um, would you like the CFL to move to one division even if the Schooners join the league in two or three seasons? And the CFL fans here are completely divided here. Actually, 53% of the vote on the poll said no. We want two divisions, but 53%, that is not a majority. Well, it is a majority, but it's not a big one, man. Yeah. Ha- hashtag math. <laughs> so what say you? Come on. Uh, if we go to one division, uh, then we're basically becoming the England, the English Premier League, and we might as well not even have playoffs because it's just a big round-robin tournament. I'm not a fan of the round robin no. style, and I know diehard no. fans want to see, you know, every team uh, every season. But mm-hmm. you know what? You just look at the attendance in Calgary and Edmonton. When do the most people show up? 
when Calgary and Saskatchewan comes to town. In Calgary, it's when Edmonton and Saskatchewan comes to town. Why not have an extra rivalry game? I mean, oh yeah, that uh, that Calgary-Toronto game is really inspiring people to come and buy tickets. Just look at yeah. the way the end of this season has gone with all of the interdivisional or in-division mm. matchups happening. Uh, it's been awesome, and I would love more of that. Well, and that, that's the way they wanted to set up the schedule so that you were playing meaningful games down the stretch inside your own division. They do the same thing in baseball. They do the same thing in hockey. They try to keep you in your division. Uh, you can kind of control your own destiny. Um, if, if we stay with two divisions, and that's, that's what I want, uh, it has to be an unbalanced schedule or else there's no point in divisions, and then we're just going through a round robin. Um, and, you know, because I had ample time in the truck yesterday, I actually figured out how we can do it and actually have an emphasis on winning games inside your own division where you play everybody in your own division three times and then whoever finishes first in the West, let's say this year, would finish would play you know, and then you play everybody else in the other division once we have five. So then there's five games there plus a twelve year own division is seventeen. You have one home and home against the team that finished in the same place in their division as you finished in yours. Or the Grey Cup rematch. But and then you'd have to make up the other matches, which is whatever. But that's what the NFL does. If you play, if you finish first in your division, uh, you play another division. You play every team in that division in the other conference, and the other three first place teams will you will play them, either home or away, uh, depending on scheduling. Uh, and so you, you get you get teams that kind of evenly match themselves the last year, uh, and you know the chance of a good game or you know it, it, it all goes by strength of schedule. The playoffs are here, but we do have some news to get to. In the huddle with Karan Todd on the Two and Out podcast. All right, let's start with uh, this. The CFL announced their divisional all-stars earlier today. And, man, uh, one thing that stands out to me, and I don't know if it's much of a surprise, really, three Winnipeg Blue Bombers are on the uh, West Division offensive mm-hmm. line and that is huge <laughs> and and it it speaks to andrew harris being on being named a west division all-star as well when Absolutely. you have an old line like that when you have an old line like that it's really easy to be arguably the best running back in the cfl kamar jordan has been named an all-star for calgary so that just shows how good he was before he ended up mm-hmm. getting hurt and Darrell walker as well Bo is uh, the quarterback for the west Jeremiah Mazzoli is the quarterback for the East, which I mm-hmm. uh, I kind of thought there might be a bit of an argument there for Trevor Harris. So I, I think that maybe the East Division MOP is going to be Mazzoli instead of Harris as well. Uh, you know, Mazzoli beat him in almost every category uh, offensively. And, I mean, you look at wins, yeah, that's great. But that, that's not what we're going for here. Uh, you know, you, you want the best performers at their position. Uh, you can kind of throw win, wins, uh, as I saw on Twitter today, were named as a fake stat, uh, which is, you know, whatever. I mean, wins are wins, but those are more of a team stat. I mean, passing yards, rushing yards, he's a better rusher for sure than Trevor Harris. I, I have no problem with Masoli being named. Uh, the one question I have is, why not Zach Caleros in the West? <laughs> And, and weird, weird. There's only one Saskatchewan Rough Rider on the offense in the West Division, and it's a lineman. 
Yeah, it's it's offensive guard Brendan Labatt who has been playing center uh, as of late. But on the other side of things, there are three riders on the West Division defense. But more, you know, interestingly, there are four BC Lions who quietly, and we'll get to this in the game preview, lead the league in sacks and lead the league in interceptions, actually, which I don't know if a lot of people know that. And they were also second in the league for pass yards against. So that's that's not a bad stat to have. And they were on the field a lot, uh, only converting you know thirty nine point two percent of their second downs. That that puts a lot of emphasis on your defense, and and they stepped up. And I mean the home schedule they have, we've talked about it. Uh, I don't want to say this is smoke and mirrors, but I think a lot of it is aided uh, by by the way they play at home compared to on the road. I haven't I haven't been able to check out the the, the splits. But it is kind of surprising seeing uh, the fourth-place team have four All-Stars on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, John Bowman has been named an All-Star on the East Division side of things. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That uh, 98% sure that he was going to retire, all of a sudden, it seems like that's growing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the 2% side is growing. Yeah, that the ninety eight percent number might go down. Uh, you know, he played. He he showed he still got it. Um, I don't I don't know if he wants to leave the game with what with something still left in the tank. Uh, you know, he he might want to just be, get out while the getting's good. Uh, at the same time, uh, you see guys leave the game early. Any sport really leave early and and you know get the itch to come back, a la Brett Favre or guys like that. So I really it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a wait and see. Uh, I'd love to see him back. Uh, at the same time, I totally understand if he doesn't, if he if he decides not to. Um, we got to get to this now. Maritime Football Limited announces a season ticket drive and potential names for a team if and when they join the Canadian Football League. And I, I think a lot of people had their hopes up for this announcement on, um, well, yeah, Wednesday. But I mean, they're. they're they're taking things slow. They're going about it the right way. Um, so I guess fans now, if they want to, they can put down 50 bucks on some season seats uh, or for one season seat. They can get a pair of seats, and then, you know, once the stadium's built and we get, uh, you know, uh, seats, layouts, and all that things, you can buy your seat minus the 50 bucks. So you go to Ticketmaster, you search... Um, what do you probably search maritime football and then put down your 50 bucks and you're in line for season tickets once things happen. Now, they're going to have a contest where if uh, you do put a deposit down and you you choose the name or you, they're going to put people into a draw. And if that name is chosen, then you win season tickets for life, which would be pretty sweet man <laughs> sweet season tickets for life so brazilian type mm-hmm. you put down your deposit yet uh i have not uh <laughs> mainly because i didn't have good enough phone service today and if they <laughs> name this if they name this team any other name but the schooners i am out <laughs> you know what man and it looks like they're going to reveal this gray cup week maybe we can get them to come to two and out live and reveal it there <laughs> Oh, get the scoop on him. <laughs> Take that, Terry Jones. <laughs> Which, by the way, to and out live at eventbrite.ca, November 22nd, Grey Cup week in Edmonton, raising money for CFL fans fight cancer. Okay, let's and continue. You might, and you might get to meet my mom. 
Yes, Brazilian Ty's mom might be in the audience. I Poor hope soul. this happens. I really don't. I can't believe she listens. That's that's the part that surprises me. I guarantee you she does not. <laughs> <laughs> she just got Twitter on Saturday. Saturday, okay. I think. I don't know. I, she's like, I voted for you guys. Did I do it right? I'm like, probably not. <laughs> So the final four names here are the Atlantic Admirals, the Atlantic Convoy, of course the Atlantic Schooners, and the Atlantic Storm. Now, I do hope it is the Schooners, but I would not be upset with any of those names. Admirals I like, Storm I like, Schooners is, I think, the front runner, and I think that is what everybody wants. Mm -hmm. I I, I think it would be a bit of a, a failure if they didn't. Make that the name. It just wouldn't make sense at this point. Well, and then, you know, the the schooner party would have to change all their stuff because the, they wouldn't be part of the team parties anymore. And then it'd be all weird. So just to avoid the confusion and the awkwardness, why not just leave it the schooners and then that party becomes the official team party. And then you don't even have to worry about it. You know, that's the most unique thing about this. They have a great yeah. cup team party before the team. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> only in the CFL. Yeah, only in the Canadian Football League. I do want to make sure that we do keep our hopes down here. Funding has not been figured out for this stadium. And maybe it mm-hmm. has, and maybe it will by Grey Cup, and then they reveal everything there. But we still have a ways to go. I don't think they will be on the field in 2020. Uh, I would like to see it happen. But this is another step forward. Put down your season ticket deposit to see the Atlantic CFL team, uh, the 10th team, making this a coast-to-coast CFL uh, on Ticketmaster. All right, let's get to it. Semifinal Sunday's coming up, man. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right. The first game is the Eastern semifinal as the BC Lions head to Hamilton to take on the Tiger Cats. I got a tale of the tape here. These teams split the season series. Uh, each team won the home game. Um, the the <laughs> Lions beat Hamilton in overtime. They had to come back late in that game to win that one. And uh, the Ticats smashed BC in their home game by you know five scores or whatever it was, by 30 points. Um, the uh, Tiger Cats outside of their division, 4-6, and six, while the Lions outside of their division are 5-3, and three, and this, I think, is a big one. The Ticats at home are only 4-5, and five. Um, but if you take away the last game that meant nothing, they're basically 500. But the Lions away from home... Two and seven, and I think that is a big story here. The Lions, mm-hmm. when they travel to the East, when they travel anywhere, have not been good. No, they haven't, and they are, you know, bottom third uh, in a lot of defensive categories, except for pass yards against, where they only allowed two hundred forty-seven point two on the season. That was the second lowest. Uh, other than that, you know. 7th in points against, 7th in rush yards against, 8th uh, in second down conversions. They were 6th 
uh, in total two and outs. They were seventh in time of possession. Like uh, a lot of their success came at home, and, and we talked about it. Between their home and their away record, it was it was night and day. Uh, and, and you know the strength of their their home performance is what got them to where they are now in the playoffs. So uh, it, it they're going to be hard pressed to get a lot going against Hamilton. I think. Uh, that being said, Hamilton's injuries could even the playing field a little bit. And without Brandon Banks, maybe that is the strategy that the Tiger Cats look to employ in this game. They have the least two and outs in the CFL. They mm-hmm. uh, lead the league in time of possession, and with the Lions having you know the seventh ranked rush defense, it might be an Alex Green game at the Donut Box mm-hmm. on Sunday. Not only that, but we have like the second leading uh, passing game in Hamilton against the second leading pass defense. So that'll be a, that'll be a fun w- matchup to watch. Of course, with Brandon Banks out, that's going to take a lot away from that pass game. But Alex Green should get a heavy load, uh, and and we talk about it. The weather's changed; it's cold. You got to protect the football, uh, you know. And and running the football does that. When you when you throw the ball, three only three things happen, and only one of them is good. So if you can put the ball in the hands of Alex Green and uh, get some production from him, uh, Hamilton will be in good shape. Now, I do not know if, uh, well, I, I don't think so, that the stats have evened out since the Lions have traded for Tyrell Sutton. But before he arrived, they were not running the ball. And nope. that means that the Lions were in a lot of second and long situations. And that means that the Lions are last in the CFL, in the CFL at converting second downs. They're under 40%. So they're going to have to use Sutton uh, because the Ticats have an average rush defense themselves. They're kind of middle of the pack in, in that category. So they're going to need to make things happen on first down. Uh, because on second down this year, they have not been good. The worst in the CFL. Yeah, if you don't have a second down that's manageable, it's really hard to to sustain drives and, and keep your offense on the field. Like we said, 89 to announce this year, that's sixth worst. Uh, or, I guess, yeah, it's like this, the, what, the fourth highest, I guess. Uh, they're nowhere near Montreal at 113, uh, but they're nowhere near Hamilton either at 72. Uh it puts a lot of pressure on your defense, and the longer they're out there, the more liable they are to make a mistake. Uh, and yeah, Tyrell Sutton, I know against Hamilton, they only they only rushed for seventy yards, but both those games, or they averaged seventy yards, but both those games, Sutton wasn't there yet. Uh, they averaged ninety four point eight on the season, which is actually second worst in the league. But with Hamilton's run defense at one hundred and one point six yards against per game, that's only fourth best. So there is a chance for a little bit of leeway there uh, if Tyrell Sutton can get going, and, and that'll in turn help the offense stay on the field a little longer. Both of the teams are in the negatives when it comes to turnover ratio. The Lions minus 4 and the Ticats minus 10. But the Lions have put up 113 points off of turnovers this season. That is fourth in the CFL. So Mm -hmm. while they lead the league in interceptions with 21 and lead the leagues in sacks with 45, they're able to make things happen. And Travis Lule is able to convert and grab points off of turnovers. And if you're able to make a team pay, that might be big in this one for BC. Uh, winning the turnover battle in almost every game is one of the most important things. Like You need to win the battle in the trenches, uh, secure the football. And with securing the football, it's winning the turnover battle. It goes hand in hand. 
Uh, and if you give teams short fields continually or, you know, give them a couple and they're able to capitalize, it really puts you in a hole. Uh, and BC's defensive front uh, with with Lemon and, and Odell Willis, they, they're going to be able to get to Jeremiah Masoli. And if they can get him on the run and get him to make some mistakes, that, and, you know, BC, like like you said, leads the league in, in interceptions, they can get him on the move and, and get him to make some ill-advised throws. That could go well in their favor. I'm excited to see what uh, the donut box is going to look like on Sunday. They're trying to black out the stadium for the game, and I think it would have a little bit more effect if it was a night game. But, I mean, if all the fans show up wearing black, Tim Hortons Field is going to look awesome, and I think it might look Mm -hmm. uh, quite intimidating. The Lions, uh, since Wally Buono has come to town, are 1-2 and two in the Eastern Semifinal. And, of course, there's never been a West-West Grey Cup, so they lost the East Final in 2009. I was digging into the stats a little bit here, and, and I think this might be an argument for one division. In 2003, the Lions were the crossover team with an 11-7 and seven record. <laughs> yeah. And I know the Eskimos or well, Esks fans are saying right now, well, we should be in the playoffs instead of the Tiger Cats. But the Tiger Cats, let's face it, they would have beat Montreal if they were playing their starters on the last week of the season. And the Tiger Cats swept Edmonton in the season series. So Edmonton had their opportunities. They were another team this year that was just brutal on the road. They didn't take care of business. You you have to win the games that are in front of you. Oh, and by the way, the Eskimos announced late last night that Jason Moss will be back in 2019. Uh, and you know what the playoff you know what the playoff scenarios are. You know what the playoff setup is. You know that you have to finish in the top four or the top three, sorry, in your division to guarantee a playoff spot. If you don't, you're leaving up the chance, and now it's out of your hands. That's on you. So the the Eskimos and their fans have nobody to blame but the football team. Uh, I I don't think it's an argument to to go to one division uh, because we see it in the NFL where a seven and nine team will host host a playoff game and wins it because they won their division. So it it happens in every league except maybe Major League Baseball, but they play so many games that you know to be under five hundred is almost impossible to win a division. I don't think it could happen, um, but it. Th- the scenario in the NFL, you could go 13-3 and three and miss the playoffs. So if that happens, are they going to want to overhaul that system as well? Well, they should because like, that's stupid. <laughs> right. But, I mean, if there's no – I don't think it will ever happen, but you could have all four teams in one division go 13-3. and three. Right? And, and so that fourth-place division or that fourth-place team misses the playoffs. But in the CFL, you know – you if you're not going to win enough games to make it in your own division, you're going to leave it to chance on a crossover – Oh, well, like you weren't good enough, apparently, then. That's the way it goes. You, you had to finish ahead of one team, and that one team was BC, and you couldn't do that. So don't don't be saying that you should be a playoff team, because you're obviously not. By the way, that 2003 season where the crossover team was 11-7, and seven, the Tiger Cats that year were 1-17, and 17, so that kind of screwed don't, up the rest don't. of the thing. Yes, I know they're one win. <laughs> <laughs> Was, was against the green and white team. There was also eleven and seven. Like, come on! Yeah, makes me sick. <laughs> uh, some news for the Lions uh, from practice this week. Well, Davon Coleman uh, signs with the Lions through twenty nineteen. Um, we had Almondo Sewell sign 
um, last a couple of weeks ago for the Eskimos. So guys are starting to sign, and it looks like teams are really looking at these defensive tackles as an anchor of their defense a little bit. And to disrupt the interior of that offensive line, uh, you know, take double teams and open stuff up for their defensive ends. And and we've seen that in Edmonton with Sewell uh, attracting a lot of attention, opens things up for Kwaku Botang on that outside. And he he's, he was a really a really big breakout star uh, this year. So if if you can get a guy that can disrupt an entire interior of an offensive line and, and attract that much attention, you, you need to keep him. Solomon Alamemian has been practicing and really looks on track to play in the East semifinal. Um, Chris Rainey has been limited at practice with Jeremiah Johnson taking those reps. And as for the Tiger Cats' health situation, Delvin Bro is expected to rejoin the lineup for the team on Sunday. That is massive. A shutdown corner for that pass defense. And... He had a knee issue, I believe, for the last few weeks. And it looks like Riker Matthews and Kevin Palmer, both offensive tackles, are expected to be back into the lineup for the Tiger Cats on Sunday as well. Brazilian tie, who are you going with to advance to the Eastern Final to take on the Ottawa Red Blacks? This game is impossible. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I mean, because I think the stories are is that how bad the Lions have been on the road and how the Tiger yeah. Cats have looked since Brandon Banks went down. Yeah. So, as far as I'm concerned, BC, they 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 don't have a hope in hell winning this game because it's on the road. And, and you look, every every one of their – stats except for pass yards against is bottom third of the league which is not very good uh you know a lot of those numbers are bolstered by home wins uh, on the same same page for hamilton without brandon banks uh i man i gotta go hamilton and it pains me because i really don't know i i, I really think bc could win this but I, i'm gonna go hamilton and just take the home team because bc's been so bad on the road I'm going to go Hamilton as well. Um, Wally Bono's last game if if the Lions mm-hmm. do lose this one. And, uh, wow, salute to the greatest of all time. Uh, we'll see how he has his team prepared. And maybe that will be uh, the fire that the Lions can rely on uh, for a playoff run here. But I think uh, they get stopped in their tracks by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Either way... Uh, Ottawa is the team to beat at the moment, and uh, BC winning two two in a row in Ontario, I think would be pretty tough for that team. But either way, I'm going to go Hamilton here. Okay. <laughs> you thought that one was hard to pick? Saskatchewan and Winnipeg. This one's way easier. Okay, buddy. Uh, 2.30 kickoff. Well, I guess mountain time. Uh, anyway, uh, for me, 3.30 in Saskatchewan. The head-to-head record here. The Riders have beat the Bombers two out of three games. The Riders inside the division, 7-3, and three, while the Bombers, 4-6. and six. The Riders at home, 6-3, and three, and the Bombers on the road, 4-5. and five. I didn't mention this, but uh, the point spread for Hamilton, B.C. is set at 1. <laughs> the Tiger Cats are one-point favorites, and the Riders are three-point favorites over the Bombers. If you want to bet on the team to win the Grey Cup and make money, I would bet on Winnipeg. They're uh, sitting at plus 700 right now. 
And they are coming in hot. They are. <laughs> they are coming into the playoffs looking like a good team right now. But you know what? Everybody was talking about how hot Saskatchewan was until that 31 nothing loss. If you erase yeah. that loss, I know it happened. But they're just as hot right now. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that worries me is that Caleros is healthy. So you would rather go with a combination of Drew Tate, Brandon Bridge, and David Watford? I'd rather just flip a coin and move on with it. <laughs> coin toss. Oh, Bombers won. <laughs> Moving on. Yep. It is so incredible here when you look at the Ryder offensive stats. They are last in the CFL in passing yards. Not even 4,000 yards. No. Yes, yeah, so that would be eight. That's not last. There's nine teams. Oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Montreal last? Uh, Yes. Okay. Uh, But the Ryder rushing yards, I think, have surprised a few people here. They're second in the CFL, 2,014 Mm -hmm. yards. Now, I know that the Bombers are first, and they've got 400 more rushing yards, which might be big on Sunday with a high of minus 10 forecasted for the game. <laughs> We're at minus 25 with the wind on Friday. Let's go. Oh, yes. That's football weather, baby. Um, you know what I like about you? You're not complaining about moving the season up. Never. Love it. Yeah, because it doesn't interfere with anything. I don't want that you have the Stanley Cup final or the conference finals and then the Stanley Cup final. I don't want football to interfere with that i want to be able to finish hockey then move on to football have baseball in the background a little bit until the jays are out of it in mid-april <laughs> and then and then as as football season kind of winds down and gets towards the playoffs the others kick back up because i never have to worry about them in the playoffs and now i kind of can go back and forth between that and the games aren't as intense so i don't have to pay that much attention then once the great cup's over i can get fully into hockey i don't need a bunch of crap overlapping it's just too much that and I'm not a sissy. I can sit outside in the cold. <laughs> when we look at the defense for the Riders, first in pass yards against, uh, second in rush yards against, uh, mm-hmm. uh, turnover ratio, both teams incredible here. Uh, f- plus 13 for the Bombers. That's tied with Calgary. Plus six for the Riders. Uh, that is fourth in the CFL. But the really interesting stat in this one is points off of turnovers for these teams. The Bombers, first in the CFL, 151 points off of turnovers this season. The Riders, second, 147 points off of turnovers. These teams make you pay. It's only 140 because Willie Jefferson still hasn't crossed the goal line. Yeah, they'll be at 153 uh, by the yeah. time he crosses the goal line before <laughs> Sunday. So these teams, uh, the Riders, they they make you pay by scoring the touchdowns, mm-hmm. but Matt Nichols has always been good at taking advantage of where the defense uh, puts him on the field. Yeah, he he is like he has so many weapons on this team that he doesn't have to take a lot of risks. Uh, he's got guys like Dembski and Dressler underneath. Uh, and then Darwin Adams has stretched the field for him. He's got Drew Latarski, Kimbrell Tompkins. These are all guys that, that make plays. Uh, they might not make the big play, but they move the ball down the field and, and give Winnipeg this chance. And then Andrew Harris, I mean, the guy's a dual threat. He's impossible to cover. And it seems like Saskatchewan has been like the only team that's really been able to stop him. Um, but 
you have the highest scoring offense uh, in the CFL at 30.6 points per game in Winnipeg. And, and, you know, they're only six with pass yards and, you know, they have the leading rusher and and they, and they lead the league in rushing, but these points that they're getting, like you said, a lot of it's coming off de- like 151 points off off a of defense is is incredible. Saskatchewan not that far behind. Uh, it's it's crazy to think that this is these these two teams are probably playing the best football in the CFL right now, and it's a it's a semifinal matchup that we never thought we'd see uh, early in the year when both teams are what they were, especially Saskatchewan. You know, and these teams have not played in the playoffs uh, since 2007. So uh, that adds to the That was a Grey Cup, and uh, that adds to this uh, uh, whole mm-hmm. thing here. The Bombers, their defense, uh, like we said, they do force turnovers. Uh, they're third in the league in rush yards against. They're fifth in pass yards against. Um, and when it comes to second down percentage, it seems like the Bombers – Make teams pay. They're about 50-50. Uh, they do great on first down, and that, that all comes down to Andrew Harris. When you've got a rushing game like that, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to do well. But the Riders fell uh, just short of becoming the official team of the 2-and-out podcast. 100 2-and-outs on the season. <laughs> not not too bad. The only thing that, that makes that look a little better is they led the league in two and outs forced yeah, with 107 yeah. on the regular season. Uh, and Winnipeg only forced 89. So uh, their their defense has been what's winning them games. And, and there's been no argument against that except for maybe one game. And that was, you know, Kalaros had to throw for over 300 yards and, and, and actually do something. Uh, but th- this defense is... is v- both these defenses are, are incredibly good, and it's just going to be a slugfest, I think, on Sunday. Yeah, we talk about the turnover battle and points off of turnovers. The Bombers and the Riders are both undefeated 10-0 and mm-hmm. when winning the turnover battle. Willie Jefferson and Charleston Hughes combined to have more sacks than the Toronto Argonauts. <laughs> And when we talk, I'm sorry, that's funny. Uh, when we talk about uh, turnovers, uh, Matt Nichols has thrown one interception in the past five games. He had a slow start to the season, but he's back to his old self over the last few weeks and just in time for Winnipeg. Yeah, uh, you know, well, he started with the injury, and, and especially with it being a non-contact injury, everybody feared for the worst. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when you when you see stuff like that, it's like, uh, it's not good. Uh, but now he's, you know, he's got the reps, and he's looking like the Matt Nichols of old, who takes care of the football, uh, manages to win games. Yeah, snuck <laughs> that in there. Uh, and like you said, at the right time, because this is exactly the time you want to get hot if you're if you're in the CFL, because this is the time where it matters the most. So. Here's a stat for you. The Bombers have not won a playoff game in Regina since, I think it's 1955. That was, that was before color TV. <laughs> Man, that's since before the Leafs have won a Stanley Cup. That's crazy. Uh, oh, I love how you worked that <laughs> in. Yeah, I had to. Hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. That was after Cleveland won their last World Series. Wow, poor Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> I got another crazy stat for baseball. We can save that for the end of the show. Okay. I found it, I thought it was hilarious. Okay. Uh, the Riders end up signing a running back, George Atkinson III, uh, played running back at Notre Dame. You will recognize that name because his uh, his dad 
was uh, a violent defender for the Oakland Raiders in the late 70s and uh, 80s. Uh, one of, I think, my favorite players of all time. But uh, if he was in the league now, he'd be suspended for life. Uh, they also signed <laughs> Simeon Rotier, uh, former Eskimo, add some offensive line depth there. Um, speaking of offensive line depth for the Riders, he's not going to dress on Sunday, but Dan Clark practice Wednesday and uh, you know what I I feel like the Riders have kind of found a formula with Brendan Labatt playing center I don't think they mess with that formula unless injuries happen yeah I I think right now you gotta you gotta dance with the girl that brung you Uh, and especially with this Winnipeg defense we know what they can do Uh, have have guys in spots right now where they're comfortable and they're meshing as a unit just seems makes the most sense to me Shaq Evans hasn't been practicing this week, and he is day-to-day. He's a young receiver that's uh, really improved as the season has gone on. And Zach Kalaros practiced, and he's expecting to start. Chris Jones wouldn't say it, but come on, it's playoffs. It's a good old Chris Jones mind game. That's what I see there. Yeah, but I think Michael Shea sees right through that. I I know. (laughs) Come on. So who are we kidding? it's like Bill Belichick listing Tom Brady as questionable every week. So stupid. <laughs> um, as far as the Bombers injury situation, this is some good news. Their Canadian safety, their bruiser back there. Taylor Loeffler returned to practice. Uh, some bad Best news. hair in the CFL. Yes, sir. Jovan Santos Knox is doubtful for Sunday's game as he was seen in a walking boot. Uh, Ian Wilde was practicing in his spot. It sounds like O'Shea wants to give him as much time as possible to see if he can be ready to play. I really don't think it's going to happen, although it might be cold enough that your foot just stays frozen. Um, And defensive back Marcus Sales is also banged up, so he's questionable. He has 72 tackles, three interceptions, and two forced fumbles on the season, so that's a valuable member of that Winnipeg Blue Bomber defense. There's going to be a great atmosphere in uh, Regina on Sunday. Who do you got, Brazilian tie? I'm taking Winnipeg. Oh, oh man! Yeah, if, if I... The, I know I crap on Zach Kalaros, and it's for good reason, because he hasn't played very well this year. Uh, I, I know that he... They've won, they've won the games to get them here. I don't think I I just don't see it and I can't erase that 31 nothing loss out of my memory I can't do it uh and just the the way Winnipeg's playing right now I just don't see it happening for Saskatchewan you know I look at the way that the Riders responded after that 31 nothing loss and went into Calgary and beat them 29 24 uh on the road and I I think that that 31 nothing loss I think it pissed them off, and it might have been exactly what they needed. Because if they came into this game beating Winnipeg three times, the Bombers would come into this game ready, ready for a mm-hmm. war. And uh, it, it's going to be a fascinating matchup. Paul Lapalise's offenses versus the Chris Jones defense. Uh, I, I love watching a Lapo offense. There's so much going on. It's so creative. But at the same time, I love a Chris Jones defense as well. Here's the thing that I'm worried about. I'm worried about the cold because of how the Riders looked in Winnipeg in that shutout when it was cold. And those Manitoba boys, LaFrance, Dembski, uh, Harris, 
they, they ran all over Saskatchewan on Labor Day, and it was not cold. And they are going to be the focus on Sunday. So if the Bombers get Andrew Harris going, I think the Riders are going to be in deep trouble here. But I got to go with uh, the first home playoff game at New Mosaic Stadium. Uh, I know the Bombers uh, won in Regina when the stadium opened, so they've had more success in Regina than, you know, the last 10, 11 years would tell you. But I think the Riders are going to walk away with this game. I think the bye week at the end of the season really gave Chris Jones a chance to prepare and have his team ready for Sunday afternoon. So I'm locking it in. I'm not that confident about it, about 35%, but I am going to take the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to go to Calgary for a Wild West showdown on November 18th. Man, that's going to be fun to watch, though. Either way, either way. I, I, I'm, I'm more looking forward to the East semi because... I have such a bad feeling about what Saskatchewan's going to do on Sunday afternoon. You are just dreading it. I am because of Zach Caleros and this offense. I, I, I just don't see it happening. You don't see it happening, buddy. Well, I, I think he'll make it through the game okay. Uh, I don't know if I yeah, will. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm going to start drinking Coke again is what's going to happen. <laughs> you, you've made it this far. Well, I've, I've had two since... Well, Tuesday would have been 50, so 16 days. Two in two weeks, basically. That's not bad. A a lot of co-op donuts. (laughs) I love how you just replace the sugar with different sources. It doesn't make a difference. I'm not the one buying the donuts, so they just show up at the office, so I have to eat them. Yeah, you know what? If they're free, it doesn't count towards your calorie intake. Exactly. You're 100% good to go. Now, um, Pick'em and Fantasy is, I mean, kind of over. Uh, I don't see Pick'em on their website, but it, it is worth filling out a Fantasy lineup. They have changed things up for the playoffs. Of course, there are only two games, so you only pick a quarterback, running back, receiver, flex, and a defense. They give you $30,000, and this week, there's $1,000 on the line for the highest score, Two grand next week and three grand for the Grey Cup. So it's worth to put in a lineup. Brazilian tie. Uh, what did you have in your division semifinal roster? Uh, I went with Travis Ule and Tyrell Sutton because they, they was the only affordable option that made sense at quarterback. See, I cheated. I used my bonus bucks. Yeah, I'd rather you do that than leave your defense empty. Do you think that they'll ban me from winning the cash if I use my bonus bucks? <laughs> they should. Oh, no, not if you use your bonus bucks, no. Oh, okay, okay. No. Uh, I went Shaq Evans, but with the news coming out that he might not be practicing, I'll have to make a change there. Andrew Harris, obviously. And I took the Saskatchewan defense because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> and the Winnipeg defense is so freaking expensive. So I'm, I'm kind of all in on Hamilton here. I went Mazzoli, Sinkfield, and Ticats defense. And I went uh, Tyrell Sutton and Nick Dembski to fill out my roster. Yeah, I think I think you might win a grand. Really? No. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Are you going to win a grand? Oh God, no. <laughs> See how much I went on Saturday night betting on hockey. 
If I win a grand, I'll uh, I'll buy you a Spirit of Edmonton beer, buddy. Just one? <laughs> I'll buy you an eight-pack of tokens for 40 bucks. Is that what it is? It's what it used to be. I don't think it's that anymore. It's probably 60 I, I, I don't know. I just give them money, and they give me the according tokens. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> My, it's like Ve- Spirit of Edmonton is like Vegas for me. If you have to ask how much it costs, you can't afford it. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power. Uh, I know people like to shop local, and you can do that with your power company. And that's that's the greatest thing because in Alberta, you get to choose who you're buying your energy from. So uh, choose Park Power. The money stays here. Ten percent. Of the proceeds go towards charity. It doesn't get much better than that. I mean, you're helping people by heating your home. That is so cool. And they got a calculator on their website, parkpower.ca. You plug in your current numbers. It'll show you what Park Power can offer you. And look at that. You're going to save a pile of cash. And I don't know about you. I like to save a pile of cash. So parkpower.ca to make the switch today. Parkpower.ca. Uh, Brazilian tie, Travis Cura, reminding you to buy your tickets for 2 and Out Live. 2 and Out Live at eventbrite.ca. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Check out the website, albertapodcastnetwork.com. Maybe that is a little bit uh, easier for you to remember um, for 2 and Out Live. Because if you go to albertapodcastnetwork.com, click events, there's a big banner there right in your face, 2 and Out Live. And there's so many great podcasts on on uh, the, the network here. I want to say thank you uh, to Tomato Radio. Check those guys out. A uh, podcast about food and drink. I mean, are I'm you listening. kidding me? That's, like, do they talk about pierogies as much as we do, or is that kind of our niche market? <laughs> Maybe we got to talk to Mary and uh, Amanda about their uh, pierogi prowess. Look at that alliteration. I dare you to beat that. Uh, oh, I got one. I got one. Okay. Darlington, Darlington Raceway in... In South Carolina, okay. it's called the track too tough too tame. So there's like six T's. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm a loser. I watch NASCAR. Get over. Big win for Kevin Harvick last week. Do you bet on it? No. You don't. Oh, you're lying. <laughs> oh, I'm a bold face lie. <laughs> Tomato Radio, they're a part of uh, uh, the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Uh, check out all of the great shows on the website. Brazilian Thai, enjoy the game uh, from your couch on Sunday. Uh, look for me in Section 235 at Mosaic Stadium. And I hope to be in that nice warm lounge about a couple hours before kickoff. I'll get a couple pills in me before I head Ugh. outside. <laughs> what it's the pills there now i ne- i can't drink pill anymore since i was like 19 and i got way too what's the word joyful on them keep this family friendly what what does that mean like there was a little blue pill in them or something no i i yelled at my pet dinosaur all night <laughs> his name's ralph and now I can't drink them anymore. <laughs> Let me tell you what, though. The clean lines at New Mosaic Stadium compared to Taylor Field are a godsend when it comes to the beer. Although, no, I heard no. they might not be having draft beer at the game on Sunday because of the uh, 
Well, the, the, the weather, <laughs> it might freeze the lines. I don't know about the lounge, but I'll test it out on Sunday and get back to you. What? What they need to do at Rogers Place downtown Edmonton is run the lines from Rexall Agreed. and run them through, run them through downtown, and get get some of those heroin beers at Rogers Place, and then see the party atmosphere return. And you know so right what? Now Normally, it's all I complain about beer prices, but the Coliseum—you buy two of them and you're gone. Yeah, it was the best. <laughs> now, now you buy two beer and it's thirty bucks, and you're like, "Well, I might as well just sip these because I got to last me all game because now I'm broke." And it tastes like water, yeah. So, yeah, and it's Coors. <laughs> what do you like? What do you like? I, I know <laughs> I'm kind of dreading releasing this show because the last few shows <laughs> I get tweeted that I have a bad take on something, whether it's the damn super mutts or whatever. I'd like to be tried separately. (laughs) That sucks because you are not innocent in that either. No, because I hate the super dogs. (laughs) Oh, people are going to hate our entire show now. Uh, Now, if they were super cats, I'd be on board. (laughs) Thank you to uh, Papa Duck Chris for leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. We've got 55 of them now. Can we get to 100 by the Grey Cup? Help us out. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps grow the show and other people find to and out. (laughs) Rate, review, subscribe there and any other place that podcasts are found. And we will talk to you uh, sometime Monday. And remember to wear your poppy and go to a service if you can on Remembrance Day. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.